Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Erin Pym, and I'm the producer of the theatrical variety show, The Bedpost Sex Show. Here at the podcast, I invite guests and performers from the stage show and beyond to indulge me in a more in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality. This week, though, we have, joining us in an exclusive Skype interview, whoa, editor, narrator, audiobook producer, and fellow podcaster, Rose Carraway. Yay, from the great beyond, hello, hello. <laughs> it's from Skype land, where are you Skyping us from? I'm in uh, California, kind of around the Sacramento area. Oh, what is the weather like? Right now. It's gorgeous. Oh my gosh, the leaves are falling. They're turning brown and falling, and the air smells so much better instead of like, you know, car pollution and dog poop. And like, was, we were on a hike last night on the trail, and I smelled horse poop, but I was like, it's autumn! Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I love autumn as well. <laughs> I know that that's completely not sexy talk, but you know what? I keep it real sometimes. You gotta keep it real. <laughs> you know, summer, summer I feel like is sexy talk. Time, but fall is also sexy time. <laughs> it is. It encourages us to sit closer together, you know, yes. instead of being so swelteringly hot. And <laughs> yes, especially at night, right? Like, you can actually okay. put a blanket on and cuddle a bit without hating it. <laughs> <laughs> You're too hot! Get off me! <laughs> so, Rose... I've been boning in on you lately. Oh, my God. I was already a big fan of the Kiss Me Quicks podcast, which is an erotica podcast, right? Yes, ma'am, it is. It is the number one erotica podcast in iTunes. Shut up. Oh, my God. Congratulations. (laughs) Don't shut up. Keep talking for another 40 minutes. Keep boasting about no. so much thank you how did that happen because the listeners want it so oh yeah (laughs) supply and demand baby that's right (laughs) wow how did the podcast get started Ooh, the kiss me quicks erotica podcast got started several years ago it's been a while i think uh it was in 2011 and dave my husband and i we're feeling the need to change, to complete our metamorphosis, if you will, into not just being cogs in the, you know, greater plan of government and what everyone else wants. We wanted to do what we wanted to do, and we wanted to just play an actual role in people's lives, in couples' lives, and tell them sexy stories and make them love each other again. It feels like there was, you know, some... Uh, angst and and resentment kind of in the air and we thought hey we got to change that mess so we thought hey sexy stories is a good start oh it's a great start 
And I love that you do it together. We do. We do a lot together. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> because with my partner and I, he, of course, is my biggest supporter. But he generally, we keep our art pretty separate. We like to be voyeurs um, and spe- to spectate each other's uh, endeavors. But we not super often come together. So I think that's really lovely to see that you too, you both enjoy the same art. Oh my God, we love it. And you know, as we, we're we learning new things all the time. I mean, we go, here's what we do, and this is, I'm gonna, it's gonna be a little unsexy, but kind of funny. Yeah. So we go on these hikes, and that's kind of our sort of meditation, you know, on how to make ourselves better, not only for each other, but also for the show, for our business, and for the next projects we're gonna work on. This is how we brainstorm oh, okay. and, and kind of keep ourselves uplifted and down low, kind of at the same time, well grounded and everything. And, you know, it occurred to me, we got to start recording these chats that we have because it's great to pull from when needed, you know, in later days. And I decided to call it my, my vomit box where we just vomit words and thoughts and ideals and, and things. And then I can listen back. Um, we do everything together and work from home together and we're together a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Does it ever become too much? It does. (laughs) We know that, and it's so funny. Is we know that, and we allow for that. And so we're like, okay, we're gonna go. I'm gonna go do this, and you're gonna go do that. And and one of the greatest things that we do together is we do um, MMA. We're helping MMA fighters mm-hmm. uh, prepare for fights, and so we're kind of you know like sparring partners and training partners, and wow. we get to work out, exert a lot of energy in in a, a separate place and then come back here to work and we're like happy and it's good you know and we're good for each other that way i think that sounds friggin phenomenal <laughs> um, it's a little crazy but it's good <laughs> a little crazy is good i think you got to be a little crazy to do this type of work <laughs> that's what they say about geniuses right They're right all a little crazy <laughs> exactly Um, One thing I love to see, once I was turned on to your other podcast, the Sexy Librarian's blog cast, Mm -hmm. where you, we actually hear Dave, and we get to see you two interact, and I, like, love that so much. (laughs) (laughs) I love the Erotica podcast, I love the stories, I really love the stories, actually, like, when I'm in a public place, I'm like, oh my god, this is a little intense right now, (laughs) like... Oh my gosh. Okay, so true story. Well, thank you so much. A lovely compliment. My husband and I, we flirt very well together. Oh yeah, I love I love both. I love like the stories you both put together, and then I just love to hear you guys just flirt and chat and interact, so I love both podcasts. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, and we love meeting new people like you, like Erin Pym. We're like, oh we got a story submitted by Erin Pym. Let's come see who she is, what she does, and holy crap, she's got this podcast, and she does this show on stage. So we're like, oh my god, okay, well, she's cool, people. So it's a great pleasure to have gotten to meet with you and Aww. and publish some stories from you. So uh, feelings mutual, sister. Thanks, Rose. Yeah, because I, I was so uh, privileged to be on your podcast, had an interview oh. on there, and I loved it. And you know what? It was so lovely to hear once um, my interview was over and you and Dave kept chatting about me and you were like the <laughs> nicest, you know, even while I'm gone, like you could have just stopped talking about me, but like you were so lovely and complimentary and 
I was like these, (laughs) not even if you tried. (laughs) Sorry, did I think I cut you off to a story? I was saying that I was listening in public to. uh... Yes. So okay, (laughs) we hear back from what we who we refer to lovingly as our lurid listeners of the KMQ podcast, the the where you get all the the fictional stories, Mm -hmm. and um, I had a fellow lurid listener get in touch with me. And he said that he had purchased one of the audiobooks that I narrated, mm-hmm. um, and it was The Best Women's Erotica by Rachel Kramer Russell, and mm-hmm. it went off on his phone. Somehow he triggered it to play, <laughs> and he was at a funeral. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I'm like, oh my god, I mean, I was like kind of horrified, and yet kind of going, cool, that's awesome, <laughs> you, know, you know, I don't know, like I can't explain it, but it was pretty awesome. Oh my god. That is hilarious. And you know what? Actually, at the last Bedpost stage show, uh, one of the erotica readers, I usually have somebody um, do just a reading, an erotica reading, fictitious reading. Um, And it was actually the, it took place at a funeral. And it was really, it was dark, but it was beautiful and like just full of emotion. So, I don't know, it could be fitting, you know? Yeah, I think so. Well, you know, sex is sort of indicative of life. Yes. You know, and, um, you know, there is death and there is life, and we need to make life good. <laughs> yes, and, it. some, you know, when you're, when you're sad, sometimes that's, that's the best sex. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, you know, sometimes you pick a fight just so you can fuck, right? <laughs> right, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Or, you, get over here. <laughs> yeah, so you can make up, right? Make up sex? <laughs> like once upon a time I wrote a story about make up sex. <laughs> especially violent, especially painful. <laughs> <laughs> Just coming together after a fight, you know. The, yeah. yeah, yeah. Really extra, lovely. Extra hair pulling, a little earlobe, yeah. earlobe nibbling, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All I the good you. stuff. I hear you, girl. Down. <laughs> Virtual high five. <laughs> Um, so you exclusively do audiobooks now, right? Do you, do you personally come out with any actual literature that one can read? Oh my gosh. Because you're very engrossed in the narrating world, right? That is unfortunately the area where I am lacking the most. Um, and it's, it's my own fault and it's my own fandom is because I find these incredible authors and fabulous editors and I want to push their work and promote their work and you know tell their work to other people so that they can build their fandom and then you know my writing kind of gets pushed a little bit to the side I occasionally will dribble out though still for the KMQ so that my my beautiful listeners at least get to hear my work. Yes. But the published stuff, I've got a novel I am working on and have been working on. Ooh. Uh, and, you know, little moments here and big moments there and little moments here. So mm-hmm. um, that is my baby that I'm, I'm working to 
go full-time with hopefully within this next year. Amazing. <laughs> I said that last year about this time, though. <laughs> you know what? I'm at a very similar place with my writing where I'm kind of more interested at this point in curating, like curating shows yeah. and, uh, like you're saying, showcasing new artists and new writers and women writers and all that and trying to uh, give their work a place, a platform. Yeah, and, and- Right, and I feel like I'm still learning so much that a little bit of that, you know, they say, don't let your fear stop you from doing anything. It's not fear that's, like, I really want to just soak up everything that I yeah. can so that when I finally, you know, do this novel, it's just going to be beautiful and just sing and in all the right ways. And yes. so I'm like, no, I got to tell myself, don't do that. Just do it. Just do it. That's can, what they say, right? That's what they just say. Right. Can you tell me a little bit about what it's about? Is it a yeah, secret? It's, no, no, it's not a secret. In fact, I did release the um, sort of prologue to the novel mm-hmm. on the camp queue, and it's called Mora and Tarak. And um, I don't know if, if your listeners recall, but um, what's her name? The J.K. Rowling, who wrote the Harry Potter series, she got a little flack for her latest... Uh, stories dealing with Native American lore, Um, and I kind of, I have a Native American family in my book, and so I'm like being extra cautious, you know, about Mm -hmm. what I say and what I don't say, but um, with the utmost respect um, to the Native American people, I am wanting to investigate and learn as much as I can before I do this book, but um, Mm -hmm. I did release an episode on the show, Mara and Tarak, and it's of their meeting, and it's a man and a woman, Mm -hmm. and the man is at um, the Sandy Creek Massacre, and he's an older fellow, and uh, Mora is young and virile, and she's a, a wolf shifter, and she's coming to meet her uh, soulmate, if you will, mm-hmm. who is Tarak, this older man who is dying um, in this in this battle, and she brings him back to life. So it's not Native American magic mm-hmm. that does this. It's actually this woman who comes from somewhere in the European area, mm-hmm. and so she's coming over. So I'm kind of hoping that that'll <laughs> not, you know, make people go, hey, you're just substituting. It'll deflect a bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a white chick that's bringing in all this stuff. <laughs> Nobody else. <laughs> is it an erotic novel? It is horror erotic and paranormal and I don't know I think I my goal is to make all three of those aspects just as powerful you know and dribble in a little romance and and, and a little bit of psychological thriller if I can I don't know again I'm learning <laughs> Well, I feel like you've done that in the past, though. You're you're zombie erotica. Like that is awesome. Tell me about what what's so sexy about zombies? <laughs> there is nothing sexy about zombies, <laughs> unless you make it so. I read. So I don't know if you're familiar with Summer Marsden. She is a phenomenal erotica mm-hmm. writer whom I adore, and Tamsin Flowers. Yes. Um, those are two authors who have written zombie erotica, and those were the first two that I read. And Katie Hicks uh, slash Lynn Townsend, same person, yeah. has also written zombie erotica. And I read those and thought, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I love horror. I adore zombie stories. And so I thought, well, let me give it a go. And so I kind of 
just had my little stab at it my way. Yes. Um, but it was fun. It was kind of gross and kind of fun. <laughs> and maybe I'll come back to it and make like a little second episode for it. Yeah. What about zombie erotica? What drew you to it or what enticed you? Or I had never heard it before. And <laughs> there, I saw like, okay, so truthfully, there were a lot of people who were like, you gross, you should not combine those. And that just kind of makes me go, I'm going to do that. <laughs> so, so I did it. <laughs> Rebel. <laughs> Tell us what you have on the horizon. You have a couple things uh, happening, right? I do. Yes, I do. I've got, well, I've got many things on the horizon. <laughs> um, coming up this month, actually, and you, lovely Erin Pin, are a part of this. Um, it's the <laughs> It's the For the Men and the Women Who Love Them mm-hmm. erotica anthology. Yes. It is. It is so close to being published. I we're doing a, something sort of secret and tedious, and so it's kind of stalling out publication. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had hoped it would come out the end of August, but not ready quite yet. So mm-hmm. we're we're making awesome things happen over here with this one because we want for the men to shine brightly, you know, um, as you've seen, I'm sure, on social media, everybody's just swarming with their works, and, you know, that's one of the things that we try to do is to be different, to stand out, and um, we're hoping that the way we're going to do this one will do that. Um, So, yeah, look for it, people, for the men and the women who love them, some fantastic stories in this this collection. I am... Like, it gives me goosebumps. It's, um, I think it's time to, to have For the Men on the cover of a book. Yes. Um, you know, I love men. My God. And I know a <laughs> lot of women who do, too. And it's, <laughs> I like feel right now, you know, it feels like men are kind of getting up, hated on a little bit. Um, and so I kind of just want to push back a little bit and say, you know what? There's a lot of good fucking men out there, so mm. respect. Do you think men read erotica? I know that men listen to it. <laughs> yeah. This book, and in my little opening, I am um, kind of, both Dave and I are open mm-hmm. arms. Guys, come yeah. to erotica and read it. We want you here. And, you know, my husband said it perfectly. He said, we need you here. Um, because all of the projects that we do, at least with Stupid Fish Productions, mm-hmm. um, our production company, mm-hmm. is we want to include men and women as individuals or and as partners. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping that each project that we do encourages just communication between couples, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it, it works for us. And, you know, you and I talked about that a little bit whenever I interviewed you on my mm-hmm. show, that you and your partner mm-hmm. really get along chatting, you know, through erotica, and other people do, and we want more of that. Mm-hmm. Open the conversation. Open it up. Yeah. You know, take down the barriers, the stereotypes of what men should like and do like and should not like, and, you know, what women, there's, we got to allow for crossover. Um, you know, my husband and I talk about this all the time. There are some sweet, sweet men out there who just want you to hold them and kiss them all over and baby them. And then there's other men who 
want to do that to women who just want to hold a woman and honor her and hold her up. And, you know, we want to support both dynamics of men, all dynamics of men, you know, Mm -hmm. allow men to be kind of feminine, Mm -hmm. allow men to not have to be so alpha male to be, you know, heard or recognized and same for women. Yeah, I saw an interesting documentary just on Netflix recently, actually, and it was called The Mask You Wear, I think, and it was all about masculinity, basically, and how yeah. young how young boys and young men were are bred to be masculine and how damaging that can be. Can yeah, can you imagine being told don't cry? Yeah. Because you will appear weak. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, no, I have to cry. Like, we have to cry. Yeah. We have to be allowed to cry. You have to expend that energy. If you don't expend that energy, it's going to come out somewhere else. Yeah, it's going to make you angry. And all these characteristics that are seen as stereotypically feminine, like empathy, uh, are not feminine qualities they're human qualities to feel and express your feelings and cry and care for each other all these things are very stereotypically feminine they're not feminine they're human yes yes we are more fluid than we allow ourselves to be and that's what erotica i feel god damn it all of these authors that i've gotten in touch with it's like we are all singing this same song. We are all so much more fluid than we will admit to oftentimes, mm-hmm. than we will recognize other times, or that we will just allow. And, and erotica is helping to kind of tear down some of those stereotypes. And thank God, man. So tell us about For the Men and the Women Who Love Them. What in there lends itself to what you're saying right now? Like, what kinds of stories are going to be in there? Are they stereotypically male? Or are we seeing a lot of the diversity that we're talking about right now? There is diversity in this book. There, I've got uh, male authors and female authors. And all of them are honoring men and women in their stories. They're letting their characters be who they are. Um, We've got... Oh my gosh, right off the bat, I've got, because I know, you know, um, a lot of men that I hang out with love to tell stories, and they love to joke around, and, and you know, talking cliched terminology, and so I've got a couple of stories that are totally just riddled with hilarious, tongue-in-cheek cliche, mm-hmm. and I've got a couple of stories in there that are adventurous and a little in-your-face, and un- unapologetic um, mm-hmm. and um, strong. And then there's a couple of stories that are very exposing um, of a more genteel uh, sort of character. Okay. And, um, and then there's, there's a few stories that are just humorous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple that are, I would say, completely unnormal um (laughs) but and yet however very normal because if you consider let's see the action adventure movie those big blockbuster action adventure movies yeah the most ridiculous things happen and you know you accept them as sort of like eye candy or you know just candy for you to just kind of soak in and have fun with and so i've got a couple of outlandish adventure stories uh, in there too, and I, I think first and foremost um, is that this book will be entertaining for men and women. 
Um, it is not a book that is solely about men because there is no book on this planet or off of this planet that can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wanted it to appeal to the general audience that is men and women that I've heard say, we would like more stories like this or I want more stories like that. Mm-hmm. So we listen and we search for and then put them together. Well, I cannot wait to read the rest of the stories in this anthology, Rose. I am so, <laughs> I so excited. Because you actually, you did some great edits on my story. It was such a pleasure to work oh, with you wow. on my story. <laughs> Thank you. Really, really. Like, I think between you and I, we made this story just the best that it could possibly be. So thank you. And I can't wait to see what you, what you did with the other ones, too. Oh my gosh, that's the best thing, as with my editor hat on, I could possibly hear. I, thank you, and you're welcome. Um, <laughs> couldn't have done it without the story you provided. So, um, hey man, eyeballs, eyeballs on the words helps, right? Yes, yes, completely. Well, Rose, shall we take a quick break? Yeah. And then we'll be right back with Rose Caraway. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I just wanted to tell you about a new publication of mine. It will be available as an ebook and an audiobook, and it is called For the Men and the Women Who Love Them. And it is both edited and narrated by the lovely Ms. Rose Caraway. This thrilling, cinematically-minded anthology will be published through Amazon, Smashwords, iTunes, Audible, and Barnes & Noble. So if you have an interest in reading some sexy stories, as well as supporting some amazing erotica authors, please check it out. Thanks so much for listening, and enjoy the rest of the episode. Hello everyone, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we are back with Rose Caraway, and I and <laughs> I hooray, yay, hooray! She's joining us by Skype today, and she is an editor. Oh boy, she's a narrator. You do it all, girl. I do. <laughs> husband's very lucky, no? <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Oh my god, <laughs> I can only imagine. Um, what was first for you? Ooh, uh, writing. Writing. Oh, <laughs> um. I remember very, very young, I heard my parents listening to pornos, watching pornos. Really? Um, and I had no idea what was going on. Um, yeah, and and so, you know, I was familiar with the sounds, <laughs> wow. which are kind of gross sometimes. <laughs> As a kid, uh, you're kind of going, oh my God, what are they doing? Um <laughs> And, and then I just uh, kind of naturally progressed because I would watch, I would secretly watch television when my parents were at home. I was the designated older child babysitter kind of built into the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I kind of would plan before mom and dad got home, I would watch TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love action adventure movies. And I always felt that within those movies and all other movies that sex was left out and, you know, such powerful relationships were formed during these adventurous movies. And Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, wait a second, we got to make their coming together, quote, uh, you know, more impactful. And so I would just kind of imagine, I would (laughs) reimagine several movies. Well, the very first one was Conan, I think the Barbarian. It might have been the Destroyer. I get the two mixed up, but the one with uh, 
um, Grace Jones in it. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I rewrote that one um, and fantasized over that one a lot. I really wanted to be Grace Jones because, God, looking at Conan, he was like, you know, the the ultra alpha male yes. <laughs> that no woman could get. <laughs> yes. Did you actually write, like, fan fiction type? Like, you would actually rewrite the story or just kind of in your head imagining? I did. Yeah. I did. And yeah, and, but the thing is, is I did not know about fan fiction until very, very recently. Really? As in, <laughs> as in like in the last 10 years. Yeah. I had not known that there was fan fiction erotica out there. Yeah. It always makes, it makes perfect sense, especially, you know, with Spock and Kirk. Oh yeah, and, come on. <laughs> but various others, you know, I just... Oh my god, it's it's a big, big deal. So you wrote about Conan. I did. I'm not ashamed of it either. <laughs> I wouldn't be. <laughs> and <laughs> and what next? Uh, well, I just continued writing, and I filled so many spiral-bound notebooks and just binder paper and these weird print-off sheets that my mom would bring home from the law office that she worked at. I would just fill that stuff with stories. And it was mostly from dreams that I had. Wow. I um, was a very uh, imaginative child, as my report cards reflected. <laughs> and, um, you know, much of that was due to... Uh, having to have so much responsibility at home mm. and not, you know, I was not given this sort of fertile childhood that, you know, where your parents foster your dreams. I didn't have that. It was all in my head. You know, I had to be the responsible older child and take care of many other things. So, um, again, if you don't get to express things, they come out in weird ways. And mine kind of came out through an erotica vein. Wow. Um, that was sort of new to me, I guess. So were you allowed to express yourself sexually, kind of through your young adulthood, you know, adolescent, teen? No. No. No, I was not permitted to date, to talk to boys on the phone. Actually, my husband is my technically third boyfriend, but he's the only guy I've ever slept with. Really? Um, I know. Yeah, analyze that. That's right? very interesting, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did have a couple of... Kissing boys, I guess. <laughs> you know, they were boyfriends. They were just kissing boys, and one of them wanted more, and I was like, "No, you scare me, so go away." And then the second one actually committed suicide, so that was bad. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, you know. And again, I pay attention. There are so many unhappy people in this world, and that again is where I feel erotica can help in many ways. Yeah. I felt that it helped me just explore within myself. You know. Um, and I was always very uh, into, uh, I guess you would say, powerful people. People who were powerful but knowledgeable and accepting and, you know, who helped others. And that's kind of the role, I guess, that I wanted to sort of take on. That's very interesting. So it kind of happened out of necessity for you, almost. I, I think so, yeah. And then so then there's this, the tragedy is that all of those notebooks and journals that I had uh, burnt up <gasps> in the garage. My, <laughs> I know this sounds so terrible, but <sighs> my house caught on fire um, <sighs> uh, allegedly by somebody walking by with, you know, uh, bad ideas on his mind, but I think it was an internal job. Uh, and <laughs> my mother got all new equipment for the house and washers and dryers and such. <laughs> a little 
allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. Uh, so all those early oh, no. writings are gone. Oh, I was just going to say, what, what happened with these stories? Did you ever do anything with them? Oh, but you wrote more. I did. I continued writing. Um, did you go to school for writing? No. No, I didn't either. No, I didn't. No, I'm, uh, yeah, self-taught. Self-taught. I, you know, it's, I guess you could say that, but I learned by example, so I don't know if that's technically self-taught. I just, I like good writing, and I fell in love with Stephen King, like, you know, very early on, and so that, <laughs> that was fun to, to go, okay, these Stephen King stories, God, I wish you would just let us see the sex a little bit. Yeah, they're so not quite as erotic as I want them to be. <laughs> I could yeah, fix no. this. <laughs> Can you imagine it being more erotic? <laughs> oh my god, terrible. <laughs> or not. Or great. <laughs> Super kinky, yeah. So when um, was the first time you started sharing these stories with, uh, with the world or with anyone? The first story I ever shared with anyone, I didn't, I did not share any of these stories, even with my sister, who I came to found out later, my very youngest sister, she was writing also. Really? So that was a fun little uh, discovery. Um, but my first story that I ever shared uh, was a Western, because back in the day, I loved horses and cowboys, and yeah. you know, um, I was all about that. And uh, I wrote this story called Cold Supper, and it's about a prostitute, and um, I shared it with my husband, and he liked it, and he's like, well, what else do you have? And, wow. you know, I would always kind of go, I had this dream, and then kind of tell him about the dream, and I figured, wait, let me write it, and then read it to him. And so, you know, from there, <laughs> wow, it was fun. It was good. <laughs> so it was Dave getting it out of you, Dave asking you about Dave it. and. It yeah? Yep. Oh, yep. wow. And then from there, the two of you started collaborating? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I've always been a reader, and and we've got three children, and I love reading to them. I, yep. I still read every morning before I drop my youngest off. We're reading Harry Potter, the first one, right now, okay. before I let him go to school. So I love to read out loud. Um, and uh, so... You know, around 2011, maybe 2010 even, mm -hmm. we had been listening to another podcast called uh, Mia Martinez, I Want Your Sex. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of that I've one? heard of that, yeah. I haven't listened to it, but I have heard of it. Would you Love recommend it? it? Oh, yeah. I, for if you're a writer, yeah. if you're just questioning your own sexuality, curious about other people's sexuality, she's a good reader. Um and a good writer, and uh, it was so informative. She, you know, went to sex parties, and I think she identified as lesbian, but then discovered she wasn't, and I think she may be married and has a kid now or something. Mm -hmm. uh, but she does, she hosts, similarly to your show's title, mm -hmm. The Bed Post Confessions. Yes, of course, um, yes. Show. And we we both loved her show, and my husband actually listened to it before me, and he said, you got to listen to this, because yeah. I'm having an idea. And mm -hmm. so I listened, and, and it was fun, and turned us both on, and, and then he suggested, all these dreams that you're having, all these stories that you're writing, <laughs> we need to show them, because they're not like anybody else's stories. They're actually stories that have erotic content in them. Yes. Um. You know, I've never done, you know, the whole scene thing, like BDSM or mm. anything like that, I, because I was 
not very knowledgeable about it. Um, mm -hmm. So all my stuff was sort of story based and character based, and um, that was that was where that and it still to this day is where my heart is. Mm -hmm. But I learned to go. You know what? There are some powerful, sexy scenes out there, and you know. So we started putting together this Kiss Me Quick's erotica podcast, and then started searching for other writers who'd been doing it a lot longer than we had. Mm -hmm. um, and started reaching out to people, and it just happened naturally, very organically. Wow. Um, like it needed to happen. Wow. And um, we've not looked back since. <laughs> <laughs> so does, is Dave an audio engineer? Like, does he, is he a producer, or? Yes, he is all of that. He <laughs> does everything. And in fact, in the beginning, he was sort of my, my vocal coach. Really? Uh, my storytelling coach. We started the show in the back of our Toyota van, our Sienna green van, wow. where he would hang up sleeping bags for soundproofing all around it, and it would be parked in the garage in the middle of summer, and we're t I'm reading these stories, and he's, you know, giving me pointers, and, you know, okay, take it from here, and, um, you know, telling me, helping me figure out and find my own voice. Um, wow. So, yeah, he... He does it all. He produces everything. He takes all my stomach noises out of everything, <laughs> all my pops and burps. Um, all your gurgles, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's the sound guy. And and a lot of people don't know, but he's also part of the creative end. Really? Uh, like half of the creative side of this. All the anthologies that we have put together mm -hmm. is a collaborative event. We both... Uh, equally come up with the ideas for these books it's not just me on your yes. walks in the woods yep that's right when we're we're just vomiting into my little phone recorder that's, <laughs> that's where these ideas come up <laughs> what is next for you two do you have a mandate an end goal what are you what are you both <laughs> striving towards we are striving for excellence no i'm kidding <laughs> 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 We are striving to be better mm -hmm. um, and to be more and mm -hmm. um, to be a part of more people's lives. Um, but we also want to be able to work more on the creative end, the two of us, and mm -hmm. hire people to maybe bring in their voice and bring in their writing and bring in their production skills. So we're seeing this, you know, sort of mom and pop business grow mm -hmm. um you know we're 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 getting too big for our britches now so we're you know keeping our eyes open <clears throat> Aaron Penn might you know be a good voice to read the story I don't know um so it's a good problem yeah. to have it's a great problem to have <laughs> yeah and plus we want to be able to get out more and meet all of all of these wonderful people that we've talked to over Skype you know yeah. I tell you the world has gotten a lot smaller yes um, through meeting people. So thank you, Skype. Thank I know. I love that I can interview you right now. I love it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Who would have, I mean, yeah, podcasting is still very young, but we are mm -hmm. figuring it out. It is bringing people closer and closer together. Mm -hmm. It's all of these sexy stories that I'm getting to tell are being injected into people's brains. Yeah. All of the interviews that you get to do and that I get to do yeah. are, are bringing the world closer to some of their favorite stars and some of their favorite writers and, yeah. you know, just interesting people that they never heard of. 
Are there are is there anybody uh, lately that you've come in contact with professionally that you're that you're gushing about? Oh my god! Do you have some there talent crushes? <laughs> I, there are various people that I want to meet for different reasons. Um, I want to um, meet Remittance Girl um, mm-hmm. in the flesh, so mm-hmm. to speak. She lives in, I believe, Saigon. Wow. And I've talked to her a couple times on the show. She is one of the contributing authors to the Business Zombie Anthology. She is a leader, a strong, powerful, knowledgeable voice in the world of erotica and other, and sexuality in general. Wow. Uh, she's a very strong woman that I want to shake hands with one day. So <laughs> <laughs> I gotta save my allowance for that. I was gonna say. <laughs> There's a lot of people I want to meet. Yeah. Gosh, a lot of people. What's your next project? I have, I would say, I can't see my whiteboard from here. I think it's the <laughs> four or five projects that I've already kind of got sketched out. See, that's um, what I do, too. That's what I do, too. I, like, one is not even finished, but I've got the next few lined up and ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's the um, excitement, motivation, curse of the uh, performer, actor, writer type, creative peoples. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, you're always, oh, I got it. I've got this project I want to do, but I got to finish this one first. Yeah. Um, yeah. Always thinking yeah, like so 10 projects ahead. Um, and that's, you know, why you need more hands to help. Yeah. Uh, so what's on your uh, list? Yes. So what's next on the list is I've got another eight authors project that I am going to start getting to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also got a couple more calls for submissions for just the general public mm-hmm. of erotica writers or other writers mm-hmm. um, that might be interested. Another sexy librarian collection, another um, sort of, uh, what do you call that, curated collection of another theme. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give it away, mm-hmm. though, <laughs> just in case there's any copycats out there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, copy away, because that means it's working. That means we're doing a good thing, right? Inspiring others. Totally. Um, uh, what, what advice do you have for people that want to get into writing and get into erotica writing? Okay, so those are two different things. So if you're going to get into writing, uh, well, this will apply for both people. Mm-hmm. Um, don't focus on social media. Mm-hmm. Don't focus on social media. It is a huge time suck. And I am speaking from experience. There will be times where I have to go and Dave has to go dormant because we can't have the outside noise getting in the way of the creativity. So really, you're, it's a disservice to focus on social media. Mm-hmm. Write what you're going to write. Focus on that project and then set aside time for your sort of blast, mm-hmm. you know. Um, reach out to other people who are in the genre that you want to be in or that you're already in mm-hmm. um, and see what they're doing um, if you have questions. And reach out and actually get in touch with them. Join, you know, we've got um, that slush pile beta reading group on mm-hmm. Facebook that Xander Vine started. Um, and I love that there because that's the second biggest thing that you can do for yourself as a creative writer is get more eyeballs on your work. If you're submitting something for a call, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that it's as polished as possible um, so that they can see the best of what you've come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that more eyes on is very, very handy and a, a huge benefit. Um, so look at what other people are doing um, and use what you can, what what feels like is you that is um, 
you know, helpful to you. And don't be afraid to get other people's feedback on your work. That's like the biggest thing. Yes. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Great advice, Rose. Is there anything else you want to mention before we say goodbye to you? I, you know, I just thank you so much for <laughs> inviting me onto your show. Uh, you know, it's the biggest thing that we've got is this podcasting thing. Yes. You never know who is listening. Writers, listeners, future writers, future steady listeners, you yep. know. Um, so thank you for that. And, you know, sex is good. <laughs> it's a good, good thing. And most of us need it. Yes. So eat it and erotica is a great food for sex yes oh my god that is so well said (laughs) thank you so much rose oh my gosh i'm so privileged to be able to talk with you today (laughs) yes everybody this has been rose caraway i'm aaron pym and this has been the bed post podcast everybody check back often because we release a new episode every single friday and if you want to see the bed post stage show live the variety show runs at the social capital theater the third friday of every month at eight o'clock this month's show is actually moved to the 30th september friday the 30th so we will see you then for more information on everything Bedpost, visit our Facebook page. Uh, we're also newly on Instagram. And lastly, the Bedpost podcast features original music by Stephanie Copeland. You can be reached on Facebook or at her website, stephcopelandmusic.com. <laughs>